Welcome to Slice of Life. Because a bite was not enough, you've listened to Brenda's Bites for years, and now Brenda is expanding her show to include lifestyle happenings from around the region. Now here's your host, Brenda Alacy. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Slice of Life. As always, thank you for carving out some time for us on this Sunday. And would you believe it's the last Sunday in October already? Can't believe how fast the weeks are flying. Let's hope it's a quick winter and uh, really appreciate you taking some time to listen. We're here week in and week out on Slice of Life. It's the only lifestyle radio show in the area, and I welcome your comments and suggestions. If you have folks who'd like to come on the show with us and talk about businesses or services that they offer uh, to people around western New York, we talk to everybody from attorneys, uh, doctors, pharmacists, real estate folks, festival organizers, restaurant owners and chefs, you name it, we cover it here on Slice of Life. Uh, Later in the show, we'll be talking about an international fireworks competition that will be lighting up Niagara Falls in no time. It's called Cascades of Fire. And Tina Myers from the Winter Festival of Lights will be joining us in the second half of the show. But I am delighted to welcome, for the first time to the airwaves on Slice of Life, Bill Long. Bill is the co-owner of Spar Self-Defense. You may have seen the the really distinctive-looking sign that Bill's business has in the plaza on Eggert near Sheridan. And Bill is also spearheading the Western New York Anti-Bully Project. Bill, good morning and welcome. Morning, Brenda. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you here. And it's such a pleasure that our paths cross because I've learned a lot about what you do at SPAR. It's a family-run business, by the way. You and and your children run it. And um, let's talk first about SPAR, Bill. When people ask you, what is SPAR? It's not just a typical gym, is it? No, actually, it looks more like a Las Vegas nightclub. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great description. It it really is. Uh, we, We did go the extra mile to really make it nice for our students. We do... A combination of not only self-defense, but it is also a fitness facility, and we do have something for everyone, uh, from our from our youngest kids in our Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at four years old, wow. our, our kids Krav Maga, which is the Israeli self-defense system, all the way up through uh, adults, whatever age, whatever fitness level. It's just a wonderful facility. You know, you're so right. The analogy about this sort of Vegas feeling when you walk in, it's big and it's impressive and you when you walk in you're almost sort of not sure where to look because there's so much to take in in fact um i remember walking in the very first time just a couple of months ago with my husband and you were kind enough to give us a tour and it's like first you see this big counter where you have smoothies yes correct and different things and then you look and there's another room towards the back that has a whole different setup and then over to the left there were kids and adults working out at different levels and in the back, you gave us a tour. It was like, Bill, my head was spinning. I had no idea there was so much going on at that location. Tell me a little bit about that location. Um, it's a, certainly an intersection that people know. It's Sheridan and Eggert. And there's plenty of population density. Was that one of the main reasons you wanted to locate there? Actually, no, I really didn't give a whole lot of thought to it. I drove <laughs> by, and uh, there was a... In the plaza, the the big anchor store had moved out was Office Depot, and I said, "Gee, right. that would be a great place." And then they told me it was thirty five thousand square feet, and I said, "That's a little too much." But it it turned out that there was a twelve thousand square foot uh, availability next door, and we pursued that, and we started to put it all together. Oh my gosh, it's really really impressive, and I w- would imagine that you would welcome folks to come in and see Spare Self Defense. Uh, Ab- absolutely, at any time. absolutely, and uh, one of the the most exciting features in, in SPAR is the, our reality room. It's, it's one thing to, to train self-defense on a mat. 
with pads and that sort of thing. But when you go into a reality room, we have a bar room set up. There's an ATM machine there. There's a there's a car actually pulled in <laughs> yes. for simulated carjackings. And there's a totally padded elevator. We call it our panic room for close quarter uh, combat situations. What do you do if you're stuck in an elevator with someone who attacks you or in a close quarter uh, stairwell? What a great idea to actually have those props, if you will, where people can can train in those given situations. Perhaps you're in the middle of a barroom fight that breaks out. Or, you know, as a female, I never like to get on an elevator with just somebody else in there, even if it's not a man. It concerns me. You start to think like that. And to know that you have some sort of way to uh, position yourself where you're not going to be harmed, or at least you're able to defend yourself. Right. That real-life scenario is terrific. I commend you for thinking about that. What it does is it gets that adrenaline going. And, you know, if you're ever in a compromising situation, if you're attacked in a parking lot or a bar room, that adrenaline goes crazy. And what instinctively happens to so many people is they freeze. Yes. And we train with that high adrenaline situation so we learn how not to freeze and how to instantly react with muscle memory. It's oh, such a great, great thing to do, Bill. And I was floored when I walked in your reality room and saw they had vehicle in there. <laughs> I mean, this is a full-size real car that you brought in there. People have actually walked in uh, to tour the place, and they've said on first impression, I don't care what you do here. Sign me up. I want to be part of this. This is really cool. That's a great idea. Well, to that end, I mean, you've brought this this new philosophy, at least to this area. I don't really know of any other facility that is close to what you do at Sparrow Self-Defense. But in addition to that, you recently launched the Western New York Anti-Bully Project. What's the idea behind that, Bill? In our kids program, now that we've been, has been ongoing for three years, we have parents who are constantly bringing their children in because they've been bullied. Bullied in school, bullied on the bus, bullied out in the street. And some of them severely bullied and beaten. And... They, they come in, they, they take our Krav Maga classes and our jiu-jitsu classes, and then we start to see the, the kids come out of their shell. They start gaining self-confidence, and they're, they're actually working combatives. They're not hitting each other. They're working with pads. They're striking pads that the other students will hold. They partner up, and they learn to, to express themselves and, and learn how to properly strike and defend themselves. And it could be in any given situation, not just school bullying, but what you described even before, where there be there could be other situations where they're out in public and something might happen. Let's face it, we live in a world that was much different than when you and I grew up. Absolutely. And we teach our kids how to, how to defend themselves against adults. I have to tell you, when you tell me about those two young ladies, now they're not they're not women, they're girls. And they I are use that young girls. I use that term accurately here because it's not a woman. It drives me crazy when people refer to women as girls. It's a real pet peeve of mine. But when we're talking about these two girls that you introduced me to the night you gave us the tour, they are girls, and they were able to defend themselves against a bully. And you even showed me how when you reenacted a scene, they could defend themselves against you, a fully grown man, a mature man. And they have. <laughs> and they <laughs> They have. dropped you to your knees, right? They have. Tell me a little this, bit about what's involved with that, Bill. This was a... a a story that we have told so many times because what happened was this at the time the young this young girl was 13 years old she was walking home from school on the first day of school with her sister and she was attacked 
by a gang of girls in the street. And she was severely beaten. Her head was pounded into the concrete and against the side door. It was videoed. It was put up on social media. This was really bad. And her sister was helpless. They were helpless to defend themselves against this problem. Her parents, their parents, brought both of them into our school about two and a half years ago. And they trained every day. They took our fitness classes, our we didn't let them go. We don't let them go in the in the belt Krav Maga class because that is for adults. But they took the women's self defense class and they kept taking it. It's normally an eight week program, but they kept repeating and kept taking it. And they they accomplished so much. Their their skill level has increased so much. They've even become junior instructors in our kids' classes and in our women's self-defense classes. And they have also been invited to be the halftime entertainment for the fight productions down at Riverworks and out at the Keenan Center at Lockport. And they, these two girls will take on a 180-pound suited-up attacker, and they throw him around like he's a rag doll in the gym. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Absolutely, it is. And that is the best way to define it, it's incredible. Yes, it's just um, it's so it's... impressive what you're doing, Bill. We're talking with Bill Long, who is the director and co-owner of Spar Self-Defense and the gentleman behind the Western New York Anti-Bully Project. And, Bill, you see kids of every age, right? Do you tend to spend more time with children who are learning how to defend themselves, or do you find it more difficult to actually train adults who may have inhibitions already? <laughs> That's a tough question because it is a totally mixed bag. Some some kids will come into the school and they, they just jump right into it. They get right into it and they get fully involved and you can watch them progress. Some adults do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then some adults, it is you think you've got one of the kids. You're babysitting them constantly, but that's okay. And everyone has a different fitness level. They have different goals. They have different life experiences, some in a, in a better way than others and some in a bad way. And the ones that we have, we've had the police uh, refer women to our, to our program because they have been the victims of, of domestic abuse. And those situations, you know, we have women only that teach the women's self-defense mm-hmm. class. So we have women that are especially trained to deal with that kind of program. Do you think that women who are members of the class have to have some athletic affinity, or do you think you can help virtually anybody? The women could be in a wheelchair. Really? Yes. And she's still able to defend herself? Yes. Obviously not as well as someone that's physically fit. Of course, yeah. But number one, everyone has the right to defend themselves and there are things that you can do to defend yourselves that do not involve physical contact number one it's awareness be aware of your surroundings number two you can use your voice you can express confidence a potential attacker does not want to take on a confident victim because they don't want to be they don't want to be identified they don't want to be physically challenged and when you approach someone, an attacker approaches someone that ex- that exhibits an extreme level of confidence and a bring-it-on attitude, 
that's a very powerful tool. Very interesting. In your self-defense. It may be subtle, but it's but it's powerful. It is. Sometimes just the way you carry yourself. Exactly. Yes, I love that. Why do you feel that self-defense classes, though, Bill, are important when it comes to bully prevention? Ideally, we don't want to have to use self-defense when it comes to a bully situation. We want to educate our children to be kind, loving, and respectful to each other, but that's a long-term process, and we need to work on it every single day. The reality is there is a physical challenge out there. Kids are being physically bullied. When When a student trains himself or their parents bring him into these classes and they learn self-defense techniques, they learn, number one, they learn avoidance. Don't be there. That's the number one rule. They learn awareness. If you see a problem that starts to develop, you get out of there. Head the other way. Be with a friend. We teach them all of these things. But if the time comes where you actually, the child has to physically defend themselves, they need to know how to do it. And when they do, you get results. Makes perfect sense. That's how you know your method works, right? The best thing that is so heartwarming is when we have a parent that comes to us and says, my child, since he's been coming in here, is getting better marks in school. He's no longer afraid to get up and go to school in the morning, and he's no longer afraid to get on the bus in the morning. That's results. That says it works better than anything. That's got to make your day. It does. It brings tears. It brings tears to my eyes when when a parent says that and they just say thank you. Oh, how great, Bill, because then at least the child can focus on what's important, learning and being able to go to school for the right reason, not fearing and looking over his or her shoulder the I whole was time. totally blessed to, to not have been bullied in school. I can't imagine what that's like to be afraid right. to go to school, but I see it all the time. And what we did, this was so important to us, We made sure that every one of our instructors that deals with our youth in our program are anti-bully certified by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. There's an actual certification program that we all went through, and that was enlightening. And unfortunately, it reflects how widespread I think this problem is, that there has to be some sort of sanctioning body for this. Absolutely. And I said, we need to do something about this. And I said... This, you know, I don't have the expertise to do this, but I can find the people that do. And it's time to bring people together and make this a proactive event instead of it being reactive. When we hear about eight and nine year old children that take their own lives because they've been bullied, I'm sorry, but that's just not acceptable. Totally. Totally correct. And and I had the pleasure earlier this month of attending the press conference held at Spire Self-Defense. And you had a number of government leaders there and other community leaders who came in to support you with this Absolutely. press conference, the Anti-Bully Project. Have you gotten a lot of support from people in positions of government who can open up those purse strings for you? Brenda, I was shocked. I, I knew that, you know, people would be on board with this idea, but we reached out to to State Senator Chris Jacobs' office. He jumped right on board, totally willing to help. Uh, Legislator Ed Rath, same thing. I talked to our our town supervisor, Joe Eminger. He 
he got right on board. He started getting a hold of everyone and, and helping in every way he could. To, uh, Mayor Rick Davis, North Tonawanda, or I'm sorry, the city of Tonawanda. I've been talking to school district superintendents, youth board directors. It's 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 heartwarming. Everyone wants to help, and we are putting together a program where we are going to have monthly events all around Western New York. We will have them in public venues or in, in school, uh, wherever we can get into. We will we will be disseminating the information that's already available. The government has all types of anti-bully programs and, and information. We're not inventing anything. We're going to distribute it. And we're going to make sure that it gets into the hands, the minds, and the hearts of our educators, our parents, and ultimately our children. We're going to get this done. Bill, you have clearly struck a chord, and that's the only thing you want to strike. You want to keep people safe. Really, congratulations for for spearheading this movement. And it looks like it's just beginning. You've got uh, so many initiatives uh, still to come, and I'm sure that we'll talk again. Congratulations on all of your hard work and for helping so many people who are bullied. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you so much for for your efforts in helping and and to, to all the people that have that have helped with the initiative, the Western New York Anti-Bully Project. My heart goes out to all of them with a big thank you. And yes, we are just getting started. Let's go. Bill Long, Western New York Anti-Bully Project. You can reach Bill at what number, Bill? 716-830-4088 or antibullyproject.org. Easy enough. Thanks so much for coming in this morning. We'll be back right after this. Thank you, Brenda. <laughs> Not knowing the difference between a cold and the flu can be frightening. But using the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer, this Halloween you won't be tricked by any spooky symptoms. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. When our parents get more involved in our school, something happens. We get more involved in school, too. And are more likely to go on to college. Because a little involvement goes a long way. So join your local PTA or visit PTA.org. A message from the Ad Council and National PTA. Hi, I'm Teresa Sebal from West Seneca. I tried everything to quit smoking. Nothing worked until I went to Buffalo Hypnosis. I quit smoking right after the first session. It worked immediately, and I did not gain any weight. People come to us at Buffalo Hypnosis after they've tried the pills and the patches. They're ready and realize that until their mindset changes, they won't see lasting results. Danielle Collado, consulting hypnotist at Buffalo Hypnosis. It's the subconscious mind that controls our habits, cravings, and emotions. The brain is everything. It is mind over matter, and our proven programs put you in full control. It's not what you see on TV. It's modern hypnosis based on science, linguistics, and relaxation. And the results are fantastic for anyone trying to quit smoking, lose weight, handle stress, or conquer fear. To see if hypnosis is right for you, call 874-9050. 874-9050. I highly suggest Buffalo Hypnosis. It's the only thing that works. Call 874-9050. Buffalo Hypnosis. Believing is seeing. Uh, <clears throat> so you don't come to the city much. Not sure how to bombard the bustling streets of Buffalo? Flunked your road test because you can't parallel park? Well then... Elmwood has lots of shops, but not lots of parking, which is fine if it's adventure you seek. 
If not, visit Cowpoke in Williamsville. We have a parking lot, pretty swanky. We're in that plaza with the hardware store on Main near Mill. Park, get pierced, and perhaps peruse a fine selection of plumbing products next door. Patootie at Cowpoke in Williamsville. Want to get the raw truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Then tune into ESPN 1520 every Saturday morning at 9:30 for the raw truth with integrative health and nutrition practitioner Robbie Raw RN. Every week, Robbie takes an in-depth look at fitness, family, food, faith, sleep, stress management, and so much more. Feel great and look great in mind, body, soul, and spirit every Saturday morning at 9.30 with Robbie Raw and The Raw Truth on ESPN 1520. If you have news about the latest happenings around the Buffalo Niagara region, contact Brenda during the week at 843-0651. That's 843-0651. And welcome back to this edition of Slice of Life. Thanks again for tuning in. Our thanks also to Kevin Carr for pushing all the buttons for us. The K Carr, always at the ready to help us out. Well, it's a real pleasure to talk about a fun event that's coming up. In fact, there will be six weekend nights starting on November 9th. So before you know it, it'll be here. But it's the first time ever that the Cascades of Fire International Fireworks Competition competition is set to light up Niagara Falls. And who was with us? Bettina Meyer. Tina is the executive director of the Winter Festival of Lights. Tina, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. And from what I understand, uh, this is a, a really big event coming up, and it's launching the largest fireworks competition in Ontario. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. Uh, we are hosting an international fireworks competition over the uh, Niagara uh, Falls, um, uh, and uh, you'll be able to see it on both sides, Canadian and U.S. Uh, we're really excited, and, uh, and we have uh, five teams competing uh, with a finale done by Canada. Wow. So what time would people expect to see this, and, and should people come to a certain location to enjoy the competition? Uh, sure. Uh, we uh, will be displaying each of the shows at 9 p.m. Um, so on November 9th, we have Team China. The 10th is Team Finland. The 11th is Team Brazil. 16th, Team Vietnam. 17th, Team Italy. And 18th is the finale by Canada, where we will announce the winners of the competition. Uh, the best viewing points, um, I would say we've, we've got them marked out on a map on our website, uh, but that would be near the Table Rock Complex, um, uh, just near the uh, Horseshoe Falls, um, down a little ways near the Toronto Power Plant Building, um, and in Kingsbridge uh, Park, uh, going towards Chippewa, um, in Lot 3 uh, at Goats Island uh, on our American site, and then uh, up in the Falls View Boulevard, any of the hotel rooms with a Falls View room will have a spectacular uh, view, so you can you know grab some dinner and uh, watch from indoors as well. That's a great idea. What better to maybe have a glass of wine, a great meal, look out the window and see this spectacular cascade of fire. And uh, Tina, you figure it'll run, what, about 18 minutes or so, 18 to 20 minutes? Uh, that's correct. Uh, each of the shows could run anywhere from, uh, you know, 16 uh, to 18 minutes. It's synchronized to music, um, and uh, it will be uh, on 102.5 uh, broadcast. 
Um, and these shows uh, will go anywhere. Um, they're 1,500 feet across the International Control Dam and will uh, span as high as up to 1,200 feet in the air. Oh, wow. This is going to be quite a sight. And uh, what a great way to kind of kick off the winter and holiday season, uh, get into the mood. But you know what really strikes me about this, Tina? You literally have folks from all over the globe, from the Far East to uh, Northern Europe, South America, of course, North America. How did you bring all of these different uh, countries together to participate in this? Uh, actually, it was uh, through the um, uh, fireworks company, David Weisel International Fireworks. Uh, they have been competing around the world for many years, um, and they have hosted uh, and facilitated international competitions at other locations. So uh, they had kind of put out a, an invite to various uh, countries that they've worked with uh, who have um, won competitions in other cities. Um, so that is how we kind of got started. And since then, we've had bids from, you know, uh, other countries like uh, Portugal, um, France, and the United States. So everyone is excited to be on board. So this is something that we hope to continue year after year. Now, there are different criteria that these different uh, uh, shows will be judged on, including theme and choice of music. Creativity's got to be a big thing, too, I would imagine. Absolutely. And then also Uh, selection of the fireworks effects and use within the display and synchronized music. Uh, yes, our judges will be watching out for each one of those ideas. We have um, uh, one of the uh, fireworks experts that will sit on that panel of judging as well. Oh, that's so exciting. What was it like getting this off the ground for you, Tina? Was there a um, quick buy-in from all of the different entities that, you know, you have to pull something of this magnitude together? I imagine it takes a lot of, you know, dotting of the I's and crossing of the T's. How challenging was that for you? Ah, well, it's um, probably been almost a year and a half, two years uh, work in progress, Um, but we have a lot of support from our stakeholders um, uh, here in uh, Ontario, as well as um, we've had uh, some sponsors come on board from the United States. So we're really excited um, to have everybody be a part of this. Um, But in the beginning, I I literally, I licensed my entire staff um, uh, as an education thing so that they could be aware of what we were getting involved with as uh, pyrotechnicians. So they worked with David Weisel's team, and they had to actually do, um, uh, like, wiring of the fireworks and go through a course. And uh, so we've all been licensed um, and understand that from a risk management standpoint as well. Um, and it's been eye-opening for all of us uh, as to what all the different things that we've had to do to get here. Um, and then, of course, um, partnering with the Ontario Power Generation, who has been wonderful um, in uh, facilitating the use of their uh, international control dam, um, and also um, on Niagara Falls, uh, New York's hydro as well. So they've been amazing Um and uh, then, of course, we had a presenting sponsor come on board, uh, Hornblower. So it, everything came together. Um, we're working with pretty much every level of government. That's so great to see that spirit of cooperation uh, across the border and, and people come together for the benefit of those of us who like to enjoy different things. And we're here with this fantastic opportunity to see something so different, an international fireworks competition. Uh, what a what a fun way to spend uh Weekends Now, the, the dates are November 9th and 10th, 11th, 16th and 17th, and 18th, and it's all starting at 9 p.m. 
That's right. And for more information on our teams or anything like that, they could go to cascadesoffire.com. Love it. And Tina, just a couple of minutes left. What else do you have going on uh, this season now with the uh, Winter Festival of Lights and the different things that are happening uh, in your neck of the woods? Well, uh, starting November the 3rd, uh, we're kicking off a full day of festivities in uh, Queen Victoria Park to launch our Winter Festival of Lights, which is a three-month-long lights festival. Uh, We have over 3 million lights on display, and new this year, we have uh, special exhibits um, that are interactive. So we have 16 illuminated seesaws uh, in Queen Victoria Park, and this is all free for everyone to come and try out. Um, and the more uh, you you participate and use these, uh, like the teeter-totters or various uh, um, uh, light displays that we have, uh, the, they intensify in illumination. So it's uh, quite incredible. Um, I invite anyone to come and check out our website uh, and plan their trip to Niagara Falls. And so if you come and see the Cascades of Fire, you could uh, check out the lights at the same time because they'll be running all throughout that time Why frame. not? That's a great idea, a great way to enjoy everything, integrate the whole experience. And I, I think the uh, idea of the illuminated seesaws is particularly interesting. Now, when people put the seesaws in motion, that's when you really see the lights, correct? That's correct. Oh, I love the idea. Have you tried that out, Tina? I have not, uh, but I did see that they were on display in Montreal um, and uh, I believe in Dubai as well. So oh, wow. Like, you know what? <laughs> we have to have these. This looks so amazing. Um, you know, and it's going to bring out the inner child in everyone. No doubt. Uh, so no we'll doubt. have those on display. Uh, and a few other things uh, like uh, you play a keyboard and it lights up the keys all around you. So it's uh, it's quite incredible, all the different illuminations and opportunities people will have to interact with these displays. I love the fact that uh, people can bring their children, really, of all ages. I mean, you can bring everybody from your child to your grandmother, and I think it's safe to say that everybody will enjoy themselves uh, at these uh, different events, whether it's interactive or just simply, you know, jaw-dropping international fireworks competition. Uh, congratulations on putting together so many fun events as we get into the winter season. And one last time, Tina, how would people find out more about what's happening uh, in Niagara Falls, Ontario with Festival of Lights? Uh, They can go to our website at WFOL.com. Easy enough, WFOL.com. It sounds like a radio station almost. (laughs) (laughs) Tina Myers, Winter Festival of Lights Executive Director, one busy woman at this time of year. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. That'll put a wrap on this edition of Slice of Life. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we'll see you next week.